welcome to the podcast where we talk about everything hidden in the shadows. On this episode, I have the very awesome Amanda from Spook Eats. Hey, Amanda. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. It's going to be good. <laughs> it definitely is. So um, I definitely want to talk about Spook Eats first. Um, just if you want to tell the audience a little bit about like what it is and like what you're doing over there. So basically, Spook Eats is a travel website where we visit haunted restaurants, bars, hotels, basically anything kind of like haunted hospitality. Um, And then we'll share the history of the place. We'll um, review the food. And then we also share the ghost stories. Um, Obviously, this is when a pandemic's not happening. Yeah. Um, So it's been a slow year. Um, But um, it was just this idea that I kind of had mulling around in my brain for a while. I've always been interested in the paranormal. Um, You know, I had, like, I think a lot of people... Um, In the paranormal community, I had an experience when I was a little girl. And um, so that was kind of the starting point. And then I would go to places like Gettysburg and Salem and go to those haunted restaurants in those cities. And I absolutely loved them growing up. And then um, in 2015, my younger brother passed away from a battle with pediatric cancer. And it was that moment where it was instead of just being like, oh, this is spooky and fun. um, It was definitely more of a I need to actually like sit down, research this and try to find answers. Um, And that's kind of why I started Spook Eats was Mm -hmm. because so many of these haunted locations, especially the really famous ones that you see on TV. Yeah, they're so difficult to access. Um, You know, you either have to be on a a somewhat really established team or you have to have a pretty decent amount of money to pay a deposit to get in and I didn't have either of those things I didn't have a team I didn't have money yeah um (laughs) so um that's why I kind of turned to the restaurants and the hotels because in my opinion the places have just as much history if not more Mm -hmm. history than the places you would see on tv and then they're already open. They want you to come visit them. So for the price of an appetizer or a pint of beer, you know, you could go and potentially have a paranormal experience. So that's yeah. why I really wanted to start Spook Eats was to kind of create a roadmap for people who may have also lost a loved one or a friend or a partner. Um, and they're also searching for those answers about life and death and what could potentially come next. Um, so that's what Spook Eats is kind of all about. I know it was kind of a downer at answer right at the I beginning so I've loved it though I, I I've loved being able to like get to know people through the places that they recommend and food is such a unifying thing for lack of a better word oh yeah um, definitely <laughs> that I just I love it I think it's so interesting and the same thing with ghost stories you know I, I feel like when people have a paranormal encounter they feel like it's very isolating and and I can't that, that can't be real I must be crazy it couldn't possibly have happened to me but as soon as you start talking to someone about a paranormal encounter that you had nine times out of ten the other person will also open up and I have found that everyone has a good ghost story oh my gosh uh, yes yeah, so it's like yeah. food is a really unifying thing, but so are ghost stories. So I just feel like spook eats, you know, taking the hauntings, but also the food and kind of mushing them together. It just made perfect sense in my weird little brain. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I like that idea a lot. I think that's really, really awesome. And even though 
there were sad elements to that answer. <laughs> it's it's it, it's really awesome that you created that um, because I feel like maybe like restaurants and hotels, well, not so much hotels, but like restaurants and stuff like that um, kind of get swept away because you have like, you know, like actual houses that are haunted and then like, you know, stuff like that. So that's kind of awesome that you're bringing that because depending on the place, I mean, there could have been something tragic that happened either in the building that is now a restaurant or on the grounds of what the restaurant is. A hundred percent. And it's so interesting because, you know, so many of these places, especially bars, Mm -hmm. have like that really seedy, like grimy, dirty history. Nine times out of 10, there was a brothel or, you know, Mm -hmm. know, a speakeasy. So it has like those like little sprinklings of like that darker part of history. But one thing I found that's been really interesting is that these locations, you know, whether it's a bar or a restaurant or even hotels, um, you know, a lot of times historically and even you know modern times you go to those locations to have a good time yeah um you know and you 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 know when you're at a bar and you're hanging out with your friends and you're singing and you're laughing and having fun you're creating so much positive energy oh yeah yeah and i always say to people you know you think of the really infamous haunted locations throughout america they're asylums they're hospitals they're jails these really like dark and heavy i call them doom and gloom locations yeah, yeah. um you know where the the you know there's no denying that these places are haunted you know and filled with this energy um but i feel like people always seem to forget that the places like hotels and bars and restaurants that might have more of a positive energy to it where people went to celebrate and have good times that energy can lead to a haunting as well and it's just as potent as like that more I hate the term negative energy because it always comes off as like it's a demon but like you know you have that positive energy and then you have that you know more somber energy oh yeah Um, and I think both of them could potentially lead to a haunting and they're just they're different from each other, but, and they're experienced in different ways. And, you know, I find that they're both very enjoyable in their own weird little ways. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, people are like, you know, oh, this place can't be haunted because it's, you know, it's, it's a hotel that was, you know, only built a hundred years ago and, yeah. you know, no murders happened here. And it's like, yeah, but uh, don't, I mean, think about, but don't think about the number of people who have just, constantly been coming through over yeah, the years true, um true. so that's like one of my arguments is like just because it's not like a scary location doesn't mean it can't be haunted too true <laughs> very 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 true so and, and that makes me think of as soon as you were talking about bars that kind of made me think of i don't know it's kind of it's kind of famous actually i think it is famous uh but bobby mackey's oh yeah yeah that we were going to do, I think we're going to actually do an episode straight on that just because so much stuff. Now, granted, the stuff over there is kind of doom and gloom. I was going to say, it's yeah. a little, it's a little on the, uh, the heavier side. Yeah, definitely <laughs> heavier. Um, but it's, it's crazy the amount of, cause like there's an area near where I live. Um, it's Wilmington, North Carolina. We live in Jacksonville, but um, there's an area in Wilmington and they have a lot of, because the bars were once like brothels and, and different things. Cause it's a very like old city. Um, they have a lot of like haunted bars and stuff like that too. So, but that's awesome that you, you, you know, bring attention to that. Um, 
Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no. And um, that's like one of the things that I try to do with like the bars and the restaurant scene. Um, Cause so many times I've talked to people where they feel like they, for whatever reason that like they aren't allowed to access the paranormal. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's because like, I don't want to blame paranormal reality TV, but I mm-hmm. think just like the culture of celebrity and people watching professionals, quote unquote, you know, doing it on television, you know, it makes them think like, well, I'm not qualified, you know, you know, I'm not an expert. I can't do these things where, you know, my feeling is, is that the paranormal is such a, a personal thing. I feel mm-hmm. like it can be interpreted in different ways for different people. It's constantly evolving and, you know, theories and ideas and opinions and research is constantly changing. So the way that people interpret that stuff is constantly changing. So instead of, I tell people, instead of, you know, sitting on your couch and just kind of swallowing what the television is telling you to think and believe, yeah. like get up off the couch, go to these locations mm-hmm. and kind of come to your own conclusions and go on your own kind of like, you know, paranormal journey and adventure. Yeah, um, yeah. Cause it, it's, I always say history belongs to everyone, but haunted history belongs to the weirdos. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, you know, you are more than, you know, willing and, and you're more than deserving to access mm-hmm. these things. Um, yeah. So that's why I really love bringing home these locations that are so accessible yeah. and like, they want you to come and visit them because it helps their business. So it's this beautiful symbiotic relationship. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. That's like us. It's kind of funny you say that because like, I know with us, me and Isaac, like we've always been surrounded by the paranormal. Like every house that I've lived in has been haunted with something. Um, And I've basically felt the paranormal since I was a really young kid. Like it, when I was a, um, super young, I was pretty much able to see ghosts and apparitions and stuff like that. Like normal people. Like I have vivid, um, memories of like sitting on my bed, waking up at night and there would be like a little girl or whatever. Yeah. It was it's super intense, but, um, but even I was like, when we started the paranormal podcast, I was a little bit intimidated about going out to the locations because I wasn't a hundred percent sure of my abilities. Cause there was a, a moment where I had put a lot of my abilities and stuff like that on the back burner because, you know, I got older, I kind of started realizing, Oh my gosh, what if I let like negative things come through and I don't want to see, yeah. I don't want to deal with all that. And I didn't know how to, because when you start, when you have abilities and you start kind of like digging into them, it's, it's definitely a process. Cause it almost like at the very beginning kind of breaks you a little bit. Like it, it's got to break kind of like that mold that you're in mm-hmm. um, to be able to, uh, ground yourself to control like what comes through and so um we were a little bit like nervous about going to investigate I was like oh, I don't know I don't feel like you know like maybe we're not you know into the, the like we don't know the behind the scenes of like the whole paranormal investigating and then um, we ended up linking up with a uh, local paranormal team and now we're part of the team. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We went um, to a, a location. It's called the Octagon House. And oh, yeah, I know it. Yeah, yeah. And um, the like, they're in front of the house, there's like a, it, they turned it into like a 24-hour park um, over here. And it's basically like walking trails and stuff. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of like history 
with that, plus the land itself, you know, being on the coast in North Carolina and everything. So there's a lot of like Native American history and there's a lot of like settlement history and stuff like that. So yeah, that was intense. <laughs> we went and it's totally a different game changer when you get on the other side of the spectrum. It's kind of like, you know, getting behind, like maybe like if you take it in a sense of like making movies or something like that and you actually get behind the camera and you're like shooting and you're understanding all the work that gets put into and all of the experiences and stuff that gets put into making movie from behind the scenes it's the same with like when you actually go out there and paranormal investigate like even going out there with just like a digital recorder or even like walking in a haunted location and experiencing what you think and feel and stuff like that um it's intense, but it's really cool at the same time. And it, it gives you a whole different perspective on the paranormal world because it's kind of like when you sit there and you're watching somebody, you know, tell their paranormal experience or whatever, you're like, eh, you know, depending on the person, how they believe in the paranormal, they're probably like, eh, you know, like, and then some people too even think like ghost adventures, you know, they're not a hundred percent like, eh, you know, they're just doing it for the TV, you know, but actually going out there and feeling like someone grab you or, or, you know, when you're no a hundred percent, you're not yep. alone. Like I know, like when I was there, I mean, granted I have psychic and medium abilities, but I like was constantly being watched. Like I, I remember I kept telling one of the, one of the investigators, I was like, look, I'm just going to let you know. I, see people well i see people but i mean like there's people watching all around the the realm like of the the big field that we were in there was like brush around like kind of like br- like bushes i just but not i really. just got a horrible visual yeah <laughs> like just like yeah. horror movie yeah it was so a good visual but <laughs> yeah. oh gosh yeah it was it was definitely and even my husband who basically like feels energy not really sees stuff um he was even like, dang, like I, I feel watched. <laughs> like it, it, it's really, but it's very, very cool to go out there and experience that, especially when you have like been involved in the community, you have all these experiences and stuff like to actually go to a haunted location. It's really cool. So yeah, it becomes like an, an addiction. Where oh you're yeah. Like, well, definitely. that was fun. What's next? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So one of the things that Amanda is doing is an all female, paranormal journal which i think is really really cool um so i'm gonna have her tell you guys a little bit about that and also kind of like what inspired her to do that yes so uh, we are starting a new all-female paranormal journal um we're calling it the feminine macabre mm-hmm. which is my attempt at being witty and doing like a play on the feminine mystique that started the feminist movement. That was my attempt. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, but basically um, volume one is coming out. um, We're saying March now. Um, I originally wanted uh, March 8th, which is International Women's Day, just Mm because it's so tacky and cheesy, but also so appropriate. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) But I'm not sure because COVID does slow down the process a little bit. Um, so I'm not like putting a hard date on it yet, but if fingers crossed, hopefully, hopefully it'll be the eighth, but in March. Um, but basically I'm hoping to make this a biannual, um, publication. Mm -hmm. Um, so once in the spring and once in the fall, um, we'll release this. And basically it is just, uh, a platform for women in the paranormal community to 
share their research, their theories. Um, you know, some of them have done a little bit of like personal experiences, but then also worked into theories behind it and the, or the history behind where they were. Um, and it really is this great spectrum of what the paranormal means to mm-hmm. women. Um, some uh, are focusing a lot on the spiritual aspect of things while some focus more on the scientific end. Um, I mean, this includes um, the occult, dark history, folklore, tarot, witchcraft, ghosts. Um, you know, if you can think of it and it's weird, yeah. strange and unusual, you yeah. know, that's that's what we're going for. Um <laughs> So um, we had, you know, our call for submissions for volume one. We had over a hundred submissions. Oh, wow. Um, which was super overwhelming. And I'm glad that I was like keeping up on submissions as they were coming in. Cause yeah. that last like 48 hours was just a hot mess for yeah. me. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, like I keep getting these submissions. Um, but we ended up going with 30 um, different pieces. Um, so um not everyone made it in, which was, which was painful. Um, but, um, we already are working on volume two and volume one's not even like, Oh, wow. Well, that's good. Um, so, so that's, it's a good thing. Cause I was like, well, we're doing a volume one. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have a volume two. Cause everyone says, well, if there's a volume one, it assumes yeah. like you assume there's a number two. Yeah. Um, so that's already in the works for sure. Um, but uh, basically, the reason why I wanted to do something like this was about a year ago, right around now, I was doing a show on Paranormal Buzz Radio, and we were talking about women in the paranormal. And we were talking about it historically speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, everyone, if you, you know, ask them about, you know, oh, favorite female paranormal investigator, historically speaking, you always hear Lorraine Warren. That's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's the only one that people know, yeah. um, which is fine. You know, some people love her. Some people don't love her. I think now with the Conjuring movies, people mm-hmm. actually, even if you're not in the paranormal, like they know the name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so but I was listing other people, you know, like Catherine Crow, Eleanor Sidgwick, you know, other women in the paranormal mm-hmm. I don't know. I was going to say like pantheon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I realized that pe- like the people that I was talking to and the people who were listening in, they did not know who these people, these women that I was talking about. Um, so it just kind of like got me thinking. And then, you know, I started thinking, you know, even if you ask someone today, you know, who is your, like, can you name a paranormal female investigator? Um, or a female paranormal investigator, yeah. <laughs> not a paranormal female, I guess. That'd be weird. Um, so a female paranormal investigator, um, you know, you know, they would come up with probably the same three or four people, you know, yeah. you would you'd come up with, you know, Amy from Kindred Spirits, um, Katrina from Portals to Hell, you know, maybe Cindy from uh, uh, the Holzer Files. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, if anyone else would list a different woman, I would be impressed. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so it just really made me start thinking, you know, whenever I hold um, public ghost hunts at locations, or if I attend a ghost hunt, um, I would say probably at least 60% of the participants are female. Yeah. Um, and then the guys that are there are usually like dragged there against their will. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell they don't want to be yeah. there. Um, so I, in my opinion, at least, and in my experience, I feel like, women make up a majority of the paranormal community, but for whatever Mm -hmm. reason, women are not highlighted and featured in the mainstream media of the paranormal. Yeah. Um, 
So that was the real reason why I wanted to try to do this journal was to kind of give a a voice to women who have been told point blank to their face that they're valued less than the men on their teams. Um, They've been ignored. They've been, you know, harassed, Um, you know, all these awful things that guys usually don't have to deal with. Um, So I wanted it to be a safe place for women to kind of speak their minds and share their hearts. Um, also being a voice so they can finally get their opinions and theories out there and be a platform for, you know, these women that, you know, have been working just as hard as the men and, you know, investigating and researching with so much integrity and passion. Um, And, you know, for whatever reason, you know, the media, mainstream media doesn't, you know, have really any care to share these women, um, which is a shame because the stuff that these ladies have come up with just reading submissions, I learned so much. Oh yeah. Um, it was just fascinating. You know, you have women from all around the world, from all walks of life, mm-hmm. all different ages, sexual orientations, races, and ethnicities. Um, and it, I think, I just feel like it's so important for us to not only learn from one another, but also support one another Um, because clearly it's an issue. And I do think that times are changing. You know, I think like that toxic masculinity and like the bro culture in the paranormal, I think that is slowly dying out. It was very popular over the last 15, 20 years. Um, But now I think, you know, a more empathetic approach and using your intuition and just kind of being like more calm, cool and collected um, is, is definitely coming into play. And I think, you know, women have a great place in that mentality and I'm excited to see what comes of the feminine macabre, you know, in my mind, I'm hoping that it just kind of like continues um, for like at least the next few years, you know, to get at least a, you know, four or five, um, volumes out there yeah yeah um so but yeah i'm super excited about it um i just um emily wayland of the singular 40 in society she just finished the cover art for it and it is gorgeous but creepy at the same time yeah yeah. Um, i can't wait for people to see it um and just to you know get to know these women you know everything about this um this um journal is female the cover artist she was a woman um Patty Negri, who um, is most famous for ghost adventures, um, but, you know, she's a psychic medium and a good witch. Um, She wrote the foreword. Um, You know, the editor is a female. So everyone involved is a female. And I just really wanted to tap into those resources um, because why not? Like, let's highlight the work that these badass ladies are doing. Um, And it's been it's been awesome. So I hope that everyone really enjoys it, that they pick up a copy, they support it, um, and then potentially maybe even submit for volume two. Yeah, no, I know I am super excited to read it. Like, (laughs) I am anticipating the release date. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's kind of crazy that you say that, because as as I was listening to you, um, unfortunately, like, I can't even, like you said, I can't even, other than, like, the rain worn and the ones that you mentioned, I can't even rattle off and then i was thinking too like there has not been a female fronted show i don't think at all i don't don't think ever ever Mm -mm. it's always like if there's a woman she's either like the more spiritual end of things so she's the psychic or the witch or if you do have a leading lady she's always got a male counterpart yeah that's very true so very true it's kind of interesting that's 
That's crazy. That would be kind of crazy if they did a show with like all female investigators. Right. It's like, you know, you have so many all male shows like like let's like spice things up a little bit. Yeah, Like I have an all female show. Yeah, I think even the only you know, the only one I could think of that I've even seen like that was like a big part on like a ghost adventure show was um fortunately she passed away in a, like a very tragic thing she was with her husband though but um she did a lot of like uh the ghost adventures crew like they what what is her name they like would ask questions um like ask their expertise on things constelliano i think was her last name yes oh gosh what was her first name i feel really bad right now yeah and um, it, her and her husband passed away and it was like a really you know morbid thing between how they died but um but yeah they they would always call call her for and she was always like it was her and her husband but she was very forefronted in the group and like yes. you know, between her and her husband um Debbie it was Mark Debbie. and Debbie yes yeah. so Debbie yeah. yeah but that that was the only one i could think even in like ghost adventures that was like at the forefront like yeah they were, and it was only know, occasionally too yeah, she wasn't yeah. always on yeah no she, they would only call her in like if they needed you know specific things on a case or not a case but like a investigation yeah so question um what is a place that you i mean obviously everything is different with covid but what is a place that is on like your bucket list to investigate or to at least go to and see Ooh, okay so my two dream locations um they're definitely like spooky locations more so mm-hmm. than like cool creepy places to investigate but they're yeah. still cool and creepy places um, <laughs> so um i would love to get to the crescent hotel um Ooh. in eureka Springs, Arkansas. Um, I was working on a radio show last year um, before I had a baby and realized I can't do a radio show right now. Um, But I interviewed um, a gentleman who he wasn't the general manager, but he was like in charge of PR um, at your uh, at the uh, the Crescent Hotel and just the stories that this man shared with me. it was originally a resort for the rich and famous because um, there's natural occurring springs in the area. So, of course, mm-hmm. these springs have healing properties and it brings everyone in. Um, then it kind of um, fell into a little bit of disrepair, it became a college for a short time. Um, and then it turned into a hospital where this man, um, he called himself, you know, Dr. Baker, um, was not a doctor at all. Um, <laughs> and he actually like sold like fake elixirs and stuff to cure cancers so he 100 of charlatan total liar um yeah. would have people coming to the hotel um and like the the stories that he shared was like you know in the morgue he would like have people in there screaming for help and for their lives as they were dying and no one could hear them because the doors were closed and he was like showing potential customers around um oh, wow. so just such a weird diverse history but also like super super dark for whatever reason i just have always wanted to go there even before i talked to uh the gentleman about the place. Um, so the Crescent Hotel is a huge one I would love to go to and stay in. Um, and then the other place I would love to get to is um, the Red Onion Saloon up in Alaska. Oh, wow. Um, I just, it's again, it's one of those places that I've always like kind of heard about 
Mm-hmm. Never really knew anything of it. And then I was working on this radio show and I was interviewing the curator of the brothel museum. Um, so oh, wow. the Red Onion Saloon, of course, it had a brothel. Why yeah. it? Um, and she, just the information that she had about like the working girls and the brothel system and everything was really interesting. But while I was doing um, the interview with her for this radio show, we caught an EVP. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> I just thought it was so cool. Like, yeah, you know, when you actually try to do an EVP session, nothing comes through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but when you're not even like trying to get anything, like you get this this EVP. Um, so I just I've always wanted to go there. Then learning more about the history kind of really sealed the deal for me. But then to also get this EVP was just kind of like the cherry on top of like, yes, I I have to get here. Yeah. Um, so those are my two that like I just. I would love to go, you know, and just like sit and enjoy, but also investigate, you know, because yeah, yeah. these are definitely like spooky locations where, you know, it's, you know, it's food and, and the history aspect. Um, so for me, once COVID is over with, I cannot wait <laughs> to yeah. just like get out there and start traveling again. I miss it so much. Yeah. And I think uh, that's like... All of the investigators that I've talked to, even like in Europe and stuff like that, they that is their number one thing is that they cannot wait to get back out. Like it's, you know, they they, you know, see these locations that they want to go to and and they just they just can't because of restrictions. And then too, I mean, obviously you don't want COVID. So, yeah, (laughs) you know, that's like the number one Uh. thing you don't want to catch. But for me, I would say, like, I think anywhere, honestly, um, I would love to go, like, up northeastern just to, like, because, first of all, just to travel to, like, New York and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, New England, that area. Um, And just, it sounds, like, super cheesy because it's, like, you know, like, the quintessential, like, the conjuring house. I would like to stay. No, Lizzie, 100%. The Lizzie Borden um, yep. bed and breakfast. I would just, you know, because I had such, I have such weird things with the Lizzie Borden uh, story that, like, I kind of want to go to the actual house because, like, I had this weird concept, like, I thought maybe because like back then they really didn't have something for possession. You know what I mean? Like it was it, 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 mm, not like today, like where how like there's evidence you could or not evidence, but things you could do to prove that someone was possessed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember we I forgot what episode it was, but we did an episode where that had came, came up about I think maybe on the demonology one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had like, even when I was younger and I had heard the story, I had come up with this idea, like what if she was possessed and it just took over her and she went after her family that way. Um, because like in demonic cases, I've noticed that like, obviously the demon or whatever um, capitalizes on your not flaws, but like your, weaknesses obviously Mm -hmm. and so maybe something was going on because i know i've read some things where maybe like there is some abuse in the family yeah i remember yeah reading that as well so i'm like maybe something um you know like she was like if she was possessed it sounds crazy like what i'm saying (laughs) but we're talking about ghosts and stuff come on (laughs) (laughs) but no I just like I was thinking in my head like one thing that came up was like I wonder if she maybe was like 
had a dark entity kind of influencing her mm-hmm. and it like took her to the edge. You know, I mean, it's something definitely to kind of like, I mean, I don't know necessarily how you would research it, but it's an interesting yeah. theory. You know, nobody really knows, you know, technically yeah. she got acquitted. Yeah. So did she even really do it technically? Yeah. So I don't think it sounds crazy. You know, it's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Um, that, you know, could potentially explain, you know, like she was basically quote an upstanding citizen. Nothing happened prior to this. Nothing yeah. happened after it. It was this one yeah. day, Yeah, you know, over the course of a whole lifetime. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, that was just always something that kind of came to me. Like, I don't really think Isaac believes it. My, my husband, but um another co-host, but like he, he was kind of like, oh yeah. I mean it's possible and i was just like i don't know this ever since i read this story that kind of just like the first thing that kind of registered was like hmm i wonder if like there was some kind of you know like negative thing kind of influencing that even though it was like a horrendous crime but when you think about it like i mean there is no rhyme or reason like when someone snaps i guess yeah like when someone snaps like that but like i mean 40 wax and then she realized what she had done you know what I mean? Like, it just, I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so I would like to stay there. And uh, um, because like I said, with my abilities and stuff like that, I'm just kind of coming into them. Like, I guess I'm quote unquote having like a spiritual awakening and like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I am totally slowly, but surely like kind of like peeling back onion layers over yeah. my third eye. So, um. I would like to really like test my abilities and go to these places just to see like what kind of stuff I pick up on. Yeah. Um, especially like the famous ones. Cause those are the ones that people always go to and stuff. And then going back on the EVP thing that you said that you caught mm-hmm. the EVP on our podcast, we catch EVPs <laughs> all the time. So there, I might love be one in here. there might be one in here. Who oh, knows? fingers crossed. I love EVPs. Like that's when I'm investigating. Like I never get anything like in photos or video nothing i've never i love doing evp sessions i love listening for evps and i tend to get i mean obviously not all the time but i have a decent collection of like evps that i've gotten over the years so i'll keep my fingers crossed i want an evp i want an evp so bad (laughs) yeah like when we first started the podcast like there was it was like a regular thing like we were getting evps almost every and it was like and i would edit and of course it would always be like the middle of the night editing and i'd hear oh yeah stuff (laughs) and i'm like and i'm like because there's there's moments where i was like um i don't like there's no way because like i would talk and then like it would only be enough space for a breath and someone would say a word yeah and i was like there's no way there's no way that that was you know so i would like isaac you gotta listen to this and like there was a couple times where my name even was called and yeah it was like megan and i was just like oh okay (laughs) like like calm down (laughs) like it was super creepy but Okay, so do you have any tips for somebody that kind of wants to get, like, they hear this episode and they're like, you know what, I want to go paranormal investigate. Do you have any tips for them? Like, maybe, like, what to bring, what to expect? 
So I would say, okay, I was going to say I have one piece of advice, but I just had like five more pop onto my head. So (laughs) my, my first piece of advice is just do it. Yeah. Go for it. Um, because I feel I've known so many people that have wasted years, um, wishing that they had started and realizing that like the only reason why they hesitated was because they just lacked the confidence or the nerve to just be like, you know what, screw it. Let's just give it a go. Um, so just give it a try. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is when you do go to give it a try, um, keep in mind that paranormal investigating in real life is absolutely nothing like what you see on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they usually film for days on end and you see a 45 minute long best of reel. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I joke saying that ghost hunting and paranormal investigating can be really boring. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a quiet night, you know, there are times where it's quiet. No one wants to come out and talk and you're just kind of sitting in the dark in a room by yourself asking questions and no one's there. Um, it's okay to be disappointed, but don't get discouraged. Yeah. Um, you know, keep, keep at it. Um, for sure. I've had nights where, you know, a location that I'm very, very familiar with, and it's very familiar with me that it's completely silent. And you're like, there is something off tonight, but you know what? I'm going to be back next week. I'm going to try again. And it's a great week. Um, so that would be another thing that I would say. Um, the third thing is respect. Respect mm-hmm. is probably the one of the biggest things that an investigator needs to have in their arsenal. And it's, it's respect for a lot of different things. Um, respect for the location that you're at. Um, this includes the location itself, the building, or if you're in a cemetery, the cemetery, you need to respect that. You need to respect the owners of the location um, who are letting you in. Um, and you also need to respect who you're speaking to, whether they are dead or alive. Um, you know, I'm a very firm believer that the spirits that you are talking to nine times out of 10, they are dead people. They were once a living person. And if you come in and you're rude, you're antagonistic, you're disrespectful, you're cussing, um, why would they come out and talk to you? Um, you know, talk to them like you would want to be talked to. Um, you know, so respect is absolutely huge. Um, and then my last piece of advice would be that don't feel like you have to spend small fortune in order to investigate. Um, you know, I feel like so many times people think they have to drop thousands of dollars on equipment, um, to try to like do what the people on TV do. And you don't have to do that. Um, I always tell people if you're just starting out, um, and you don't have any money that you can spend fine. Um, you have a smartphone, a smartphone is a flashlight, a camera and a digital recorder all rolled into one. Um, use those, you know, and I know people have argued saying that you can't get EVPs on cell phones. Um, I don't know. I mean, the science behind it technically says that is true, but I've gotten some of the best EVPs, um, that I can clearly hear what it's saying, um, on a phone. Um, so if you can't afford to buy anything, your phone is your best friend, um, other than that, you know, if you want to get a little light up cat ball for like $3 online, it's a great piece of equipment that you can use, especially if there's a child around. Um, and digital voice recorders do go for fairly cheap. Um, again, I'm an EVP girl. So that's always the first piece yeah. of equipment that I would <laughs> you know, send someone to. Uh, just because it's cheap, you can put it in your pocket. It's easy to carry around and 
you know, you get great stuff with it. So I know that's more than one piece of <laughs> advice. No, no, but, but... that's really good. <laughs> okay. So have you ever lived in a house that was haunted? Like there was like for sure something going on there. So I only lived in one house my whole life growing up. And then I ended up moving overseas for a while. But that house that I grew up in, um, yes and no. So my first experience that I had that kind of projected me into the paranormal was in my house. Mm -hmm. Um, I was about seven years old and I was in my bedroom one night lying in bed. Um, I wasn't like sleepy. I I wasn't tossing or turning. I was just kind of like comfortably laying there. And... I saw in the hallway an old woman. Um, she had slippers, she had her bathrobe on, and she had crazy bedhead. And I remember she just stopped in the hallway. She turned and looked at me for probably only a second or two um, before continuing into what is now our family's linen closet. And I immediately screamed for my mom because I was petrified. Um, And my mom actually ran through her. So she did not see this woman as she continued into the the closet. Um, You know, my mom assured me like, oh, it was the weirdest thing. Like I saw her and I saw my mom not see her. It messed with my mind as a child. Um, But but that was the only time that I ever saw her. Um, I never felt her again. I never saw her again. And I never felt and I still don't feel like I ever grew up in a haunted house it just I feel like it was I just happened to be in the right place at the right time in that exact moment to just catch a glimpse of this um and I found out uh years and years later that um the previous owner before we bought it was an older woman she did pass away in the house and her bedroom Mm -hmm. was my bedroom Ah. um so I'm glad they didn't tell me that when I was seven because I don't think I would have ever slept again um but it and it's so strange because it was like I feel like by her stopping to turn and look at me it seemed like an intelligent haunting but then she can to walk the path that led into the closet which like screams more residual so I don't really know what the type of experience was um but it was the only time I ever saw her I never felt I mean I was scared obviously because I you know was seeing a ghost but I never felt threatened or anything it didn't feel malicious and it was the only time anything like that ever happened so I don't it's the strangest thing I don't think I grew up in a haunted house but I happened to see one ghost yeah while living there is weird yeah and with me it's crazy because it's like literally pretty much every house that I ever lived in had stuff and it wasn't till I actually um started dating Isaac that he was like hey you know I don't really think it's the houses I think it's you like they're coming to you like there might be stuff tied to the house because we moved around quite a bit um when I was um younger and um one story that actually like popped in my head I don't know why it popped in my head at that moment like that you were talking but there was one time where my parents were looking to buy a house in the country and we come up to this house and it's like kind of like cottage size like it doesn't look like a, a it looks like a typical like country farmhouse um and uh 
we get to it and I, and I had to be maybe eight or nine and there was a shed on the other side. It was a big shed. And, you know, we meet this realtor and it's just like, it's like desolate everywhere. <laughs> like there's like, <laughs> straight up country. And uh, we go into this house and I was like, I don't think, I don't think the lady is going to be happy that we're moving in here into our home. Right. And the realtor, like, I remember he slowly turned Right. Because he knew <laughs> he knew that the lady had died in the house. Right. Oh, but man. We didn't know that. Right. And he's trying to sell this house. He's like, I'm, he's probably thinking I'm not going to tell these people. Right. And <sighs> we go into this like huge attic. It was like it was like a one story house. But like the the attic was the second floor. It was like the typical like old attic. But it was it was huge. It was like the size of a room. And so. We go up into this this attic, and uh, and and this is very, kind of like a faint memory. Like I remember it, but I, I don't all the way. But I know like it happened. I mean, it was you know I remember doing it. So, <laughs> anyways, we go into this attic, and there's like old boxes of her stuff. It's very very desolate. And um, I was like, hey, I really don't think we should buy this house. And the realtor again, like he's trying his hardest. Oh, this kid is ruining it. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. He's trying really, really hard to sell this house. And he turns and he goes, what do you mean? And I said, the lady doesn't want us to have this house. This is her house. She worked for this house. She doesn't want us to have this house. And so um, he like he was like, well, okay how are you getting this information? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just, I just don't think we should like, I don't, I don't, I don't think we should get this. Like I was really nervous about getting this house. Oh my gosh. I was like, I don't think we should get this house, mom. I don't think we should get this house, dad. Like this is just not. And so the guy goes, my parents are kind of like, you know, talking amongst themselves, walking through the attic, like, cause they really liked the house. And the, the realtor guy goes over to me, he goes, Hey, you know, I'm really confused. Why don't you want to get like, what, what's going on? And I was like, there's a lady standing to the left of me. And like, I described her and he, his eyes bugged out. Like he was like, <laughs> what? And I was just like, yeah, she's, she's standing right there. She's like, not mean, but she's just very firm that, you know, her family owned this, this property her family owned this house. She doesn't want us to have this house. Like she just not anything against us. She doesn't want, and she's kind of pissed off at you that you're selling this house. Like apparently it went to like her kids and her kids were trying to sell it because they lived other places. Yeah. The realtor guy was saying. And so, um, yeah, so we go out of the house and he's like freaked out. Like at this point, he, and, uh, he, he turns to me, he goes, should we look at the shed? And I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. And so uh, he was like, well, let, let me just show you. Let me just, uh, like, he couldn't even speak. So we go into the shed and, like, I didn't even go in the shed. I refused to go, like, into the shed. So I stayed and I looked and I was like, yeah, the lady, don't go in the shed. <laughs> and so long and behold, I the whole ride home, I was telling my mom and dad, like, don't buy the house. Like, we're going to run into problems. And then I was saying, too, there was other things, like, tied to the property that I was like, it's just, just don't buy the house. Don't buy the house. And so my parents ended up not buying the house thing. Okay, I was going to say, did they buy the house? (laughs) No, didn't buy the house. Um, 
but yeah, that I don't know why that popped in my head. I haven't told that story at all. And it just it kind of like flooded back to me. But yeah, uh every house that I lived in has had some weird stuff. Like we lived in uh, like an old timey Victorian house in like this kind my parents like the country. And like the country, like being in the middle of nowhere and not my cup of tea, but they absolutely love it. And um, so we lived in this old Victorian house and I had to be around third. It was like third grade. So I had to be like, what, like nine, ten, eight, nine, ten, something around that. Yeah, like around there. And um, I remember this house was like super nice. It was the nicest house we've ever lived in. And it was like huge, you know, rooms. And um, I was sitting in my bed and it was the first night. And, you know, my parents told me like, Hey, there's going to be creaks and cranks and stuff like that from the house. It's old, you know? And uh, I remember I, cause I have a tendency of sleeping with the covers over my head, even to this day, because I've woken up so many times with things in front of me that I don't, I like that second of, if I hear something, I have that second to kind of like group in my head what I'm going to see. And so me and my sister shared a room and it was huge. Like it was probably the size of two bedrooms uh, put together. And I was on one side and uh, my parents' bedroom was like all the way on the other side. We were like on a, a room all the way to one side of the house. And I remember I was laying in bed And I was hearing these boots walk across the floor, like old, like just boots. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, what is that? Like, I thought, you know, what is that? (sighs) So um, I called for my mom and was screaming for my mom. My mom came. But of course, you know, she she actually has abilities and so does my grandmother. So it was like it's kind of like an ancestral, like, yeah, bringing down the generation type of um ability gift thing um if you want to call it that um but i think so (laughs) but she a lot of the times when i was younger would kind of just like say it was nothing just because she didn't want to scare me she knew what i was seeing was true and everything but she just didn't want to she didn't know how to react to it and a lot of times my dad worked a lot of night jobs so Mm. she didn't want like she was already nervous to stay by herself. She didn't want like paranormal stuff. Plus she put a lot of her abilities on the back burner as well. So anyways, we were in this house and, you know, she told me like, there's nothing in here. I promise you're good, whatever. And so I had the covers over my head the second night and I hear the boots again. And I was like, what? And it's just, it was just like, like just a ding, 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 ding like on the hard because we had like hardwood floors so you can hear like almost like the heel of the boot hitting the you know floor and so I kept hearing and it would stop like right at the door frame of my room I could kind of like sense that and so I I felt like someone was watching and I was just like you know what enough so I went and I thought it was my sister and I was as soon as I I was getting ready to like throw the covers off and like say hey because her name is phyllis i was like hey phyllis right and as i was throwing the covers off in the door frame was a like civil war soldier oh my god he was just staring like i could like literally and that's the thing that sucks about the ability i wish i had like drawing abilities yeah because like i wish sometimes i could put what's in my head on paper so people yes. can see but like yeah he was like full like 
full gear. Like he, I mean, it, and he just stared and, um, like it, it took me, it, it froze me. And I eventually screamed for my mom and she came and she almost kind of like came through him. Like you were saying, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. And he would, he was consistently there. He would just like around a certain time, just like walk up and down the stairs, walk. The only other time that, uh, he freaked me out was I had, um, I was take we had a, an old timey like Victorian bath bathtub where it's like separate and it's you know what I'm talking about like the, the mm-hmm. white kind of mm-hmm. anyways um I always fall off in that bathroom for some reason I never really understood why I just did not like it I didn't like like taking a bath in that bathroom at all like it was just it was just I would always just get in there do what I got to do and get out and uh I remember one time I was sitting in the bathtub and I kind of did that thing where like I submerged myself under the water. Bam. As I came up, the dude was just standing there. Ugh, inappropriate. I was, yeah. First of I was, all. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, but sorry, something just went off on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so almost every single house, like I remember there was one house that, um, I was a teenager. We moved in. Me and my mom were staying there. It was like the first night there. And we straight up saw like a box of encyclopedias, which like, you know, they're heavy books, get slide across the, the floor down the hall. There was another time at that same house where like uh, me and my mom had gotten in an argument. I was a start of a teenager then. So like we were like always arguing over little stupid stuff. I remember she told me, go to your room. Right. So I went, went to sleep and she comes in and she starts yelling. She goes, I t- thought I told you to go to sleep. Stop throwing things in your room. And I was like, um, I'm not throwing anything. I was asleep this whole time. So throughout my kind of like years, it's oh, always, man. it's always been even like up to this, like two weeks ago, I saw the, and you know, what's funny. Cause like linen closets, I don't know what is up with that, <laughs> but like, we have a linen closet at the end of the hall. And um, right now we live with my grandmother who she's been in this house since the seventies. And I um, basically grew up in this house and in the linen closet, uh, like when I was younger and even to this day, like there's this, like apparently this colonial girl that like hangs out in the house and she would always be in the linen closet. Like she would, I, I don't know, go somewhere in the linen closet. And um, uh, my brothers who are like super young, they're only um, they're six, and so there's a big age difference. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but they they came up to me uh, a couple months ago actually, and were like, "By the way, do you know there's like a girl in the linen closet?" And I was like, "What does she look like?" And like to a T, <laughs> they described her, and it was like exactly what I saw. Um. So, yeah, so every single house I've lived in. <laughs> That's crazy. crazy. Crazy experiences. So, yeah, I've been, like, surrounded just, I mean, between, like, hearing voices, being touched. I mean, there was a house we lived in in Texas that I I used to stay up a lot at night. I think because I was subconsciously, like, scared of going to sleep in the dark because of all the experiences I've had. And uh, I was sleeping on the couch. I just happened to sleep on the couch that night. And it had to be like three, four, like I couldn't stay up anymore. 
and like my body was like turned into the couch. And um, of course I had the covers over my head again and I heard laughter and I was like, okay, you know, I thought it was my younger siblings. I was like, all right guys, you know, and I, you know, nothing. Right. So I took the covers off. There was nothing, nobody. So I was like, okay, that was, you know, weird. Okay. Good luck trying to go to sleep now. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And so I covered myself again, turned myself into the couch. And then all of a sudden I felt like little hands touch my back. And I was like, all right. And I turned the, like took the covers off again and there was nothing, but I heard like laughter coming down the hall. The next morning I'd asked my siblings, I was just like, my two younger sisters at the time, I was like, um, did you guys like touch me? Uh, sorry. Did you guys like touch me when I was trying to go to sleep? And they were like, no, we were sleeping. I don't know what you're talking about. So yeah, it's just like one thing right after another, after another. And I think a lot of it comes from, you know, like having abilities and not, Mm -hmm. you know, the people they see you as a flashlight, but then like, if, if you're not in tune with your abilities, you can't really talk to them. It's yeah. hard to anyways. So they know, they see you. They're like, hey, I know you can get a, like a message across. You could talk to me. Hey, you know. But like, you know, at the time, I I mean, I, I could kind of talk to them. But like as I started getting older, it was kind of like I wasn't tuning into my abilities. So like it was just there but not really there. Yeah. So and too, like my mom kind of made me almost ignore it. So that like it kind of like remained dormant off to the side and I just paid no attention, you know, and then life is like a kid and a teenager and whatnot. So you don't really pay attention to it. But, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo. Creepy stories. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So thankfully now I kind of am getting a grasp on everything. And even though I still have haunted, like a haunted house, I can, you know, deal with it better deal with it a little bit better (laughs) yeah yeah but um but yeah that's definitely kind of like what made me and even my husband like really get into the paranormal world and kind of like start a podcast because uh when you get when you start like diving into the community there's so many people that have experiences and they don't know where to like take these experiences Um, yeah and some of them like they get really there was this one kid I remember he was on uh, Reddit and he was trying, he was asking people desperately like, Hey, you know, he had like a really crazy, like scary, like encounter of like almost like a, a hag, like shadow lady type of thing. Um, And it's crazy too, because you think, Oh, nothing can bother me. But some of the things in the paranormal world, like, the amount of influence they have on people. Like when you think about like possessions and stuff like that, the amount of like that one thing can do to a person, you know, like make them is insane. So having the, having a place where, you know, someone with the experiences could come and tell them is important. So yeah, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) But, um, so, uh, Sorry, I just blanked out. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> My brain goes like 50 miles an hour. <laughs> and so, um, and I think, I think there was an EVP. I wrote down the time I'm going to look. I think it was like at 8.53. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, there was 
it sounded like I'm not even kidding. It sounded like a woman. Yeah, it sounded like like an older woman. Oh wow, I don't say that. Yeah. That's freaky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I don't know like I don't know if she was sad. Like all right, well, Amanda, I'm so thankful that you came on and um it was great talking to you. But before we conclude, I just wanted um you to tell the audience one more time, like and listeners, like where they could get your all female paranormal journal so um it will be available online um the easiest place that you'll be able to track it down would just be at my website um so it would just be spookeats.com um and you can either do spookeats.com and then click the tab for the feminine macabre or you can do spookeats.com slash feminine macabre um nice and easy um and there'll be a link for there once it's available again it's not out just yet um, but when it is, um, we'll definitely be announcing all over the place. Um, awesome. So you can click on it there. And that'll also be where you can find submission guidelines for volume two as well. Ooh, so. Okay. Awesome. So if you guys <laughs> want to write into her for submissions, check that out too. Um, so thank you so much, Amanda, for coming on. Um, you guys make sure you check out Spook Eats and the Feminine Macabre when it comes out. Um, make sure to follow her on Instagram. What's the Instagram handle? It's just Spook Eats. Okay, awesome. Nice and easy. Yep. <laughs> so make sure to follow her there to find updates on the Feminine Macabre and when it's coming out and everything. And also to check out um, her investigations that she goes on. So, all right, guys, that concludes this bonus episode. Hope to catch you in the next one.